What is going on, you beautiful souls? Welcome back to the Josh Moxie podcast, which is what the formal new rebrand is going to look like. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about simplicity and how it has changed my life. We're going to be talking about why I just don't care as much about things anymore and the fleetingness of life and a lot of detachment that is occurring. I'll also talk about why I haven't made a podcast in five months. In addition, we'll be also talking about what's changed with me as a creator, my 75-hour journey. Shout out Andy Frisella. Plus, what it was like to return to social media after two and a half months, how it's going so far, and updates on my business and entrepreneurial journey. We have a lot of stuff to get into today, but before that, I want to talk about who this podcast is for. This is not for the woke people. This is not for the people who are satisfied with where they're at, the people that are okay with thinking like the masses, the people who are good with where they're at. This is for the type of people who want better, who want more, who want to grow, who are committed to their evolution. If that is you, if you are the type of person that is in a growth mindset, this podcast is likely for you. We're going to be focusing on psychology. We're going to be focusing on life hacking, spirituality, and how we can tie it to results, systematic thinking, all types of stuff like this, mindset, psychology, anything that's going to assist your growth journey in life, in business, in relationships, in success, in health, whatever the case may be, this is a conversation for that. Now, if you're woke, if you'd rather point the finger at someone else than pointing it back at you, you'd rather point the finger at a system than yourself, this is not going to be for you. If this is, if you're sensitive in nature, if you take things too personally, this is not going to be for you either. If you are lazy, I mean, I'm lazy to a degree, but if you are so lazy that you're not willing to put in the work, this is also not for you. Okay, this is for the people who are willing to do what it takes to succeed, whatever that measurement of success is for them. Now, if you're still here, you're clearly committed to your growth and evolution. So let's do this together. My name is Josh Moxie. I have been a self-improvement addict in all areas, whether that's spirituality, psychology, systems, mindset, all of these things for the past almost a decade now. I started when I was 16, I'm now 25, and I have some things to share that might improve your growth journey as well. This specific series was called The Journal. I'm not sure if I'm still calling it that, but it is a solo podcast series where I deep dive on everything that's going on within my journey and share how I'm growing, what I'm learning, what's working, what's not, and through my experiences, experimentations, and trial and errors, I will share with you guys tactics action steps, mindsets, beliefs, strategies, tools, mindsets, I just said mindsets twice, we move, that you can apply to your own journey to increase your results, your happiness, and your existence on this planet. It's been almost five months since I've done a podcast. It has been a second year. I had no desire to record or speak. I went super, super silent, and it was incredibly therapeutic. I went so crazy with how much I was speaking in the vlogs series. And I feel like I just have PTSD from the vlogs right now. Like They helped me so much, but I'm just, I'm so tired of the complexity, the randomness, the, the rambling, the all over the placeness, the chaos of it all. And I needed to almost like bounce on, not bounce back, but bounce back to a degree as well. I was swinging on the pendulum. I went so crazy on the one side of the pendulum that I needed to swing to the other side and just be silent for a second. So 
that is why I haven't said has said much recently. I went super offline. I went super insular. I've gotten really. I've just focused really on going inside rather than trying to. I don't know. Be a part of the world right now. Be a part of society. It's really. I don't connect at all with society, and I'll talk about this more as the episode goes on. And simplicity and everything I just said right there will make more sense as the episode progresses. But I've just needed to go quiet, and it's it's served its purpose. But I can feel I'm ready to start talking again, to start sharing, but in different ways, which I am very excited for. We're, you're probably seeing this under a rebrand, and if you aren't, the rebrand is coming soon. And uh, yeah, a lot has changed. So without further ado, um, I'm excited to be back. Thank you for watching and listening. If you are enjoying this as as time goes on, I would hope that you would like the podcast if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're watching this elsewhere, like podcast apps, please rate five stars or whatever you felt it earned. It's June 2021. It's been five months since I've recorded anything on the podcast. And I'm excited to be back. So without further ado, let us get into the topics. First things first, let's talk about simplicity, essentialism, minimalism, and focus. Now, for me, I see all of these four topics as very highly related. They're almost like synonyms for each other. Each of these things is taking a very narrow view on the potential many and focusing in on the essential few. It's letting go of what doesn't matter to focus on what does. It is doing less to do more. And in my journey, I have been terrible. I've been so bad with focus and essentialism and stuff like that. I've made things so much more complex than they need to be. So that's first and foremost. The complexity was there. The chaos, I would subscribe to the fact that, or the false belief that Everything matters because it doesn't. It really doesn't. But I couldn't see that at the time. I would also make things harder than they needed to be, which is in line with simplicity. And then with focus, I also found myself trying to ride too many horses to the finish line. I'm like sitting there trying to ride four horses and wondering why it doesn't work. So in the past, let's say, has it been seven months now? Yeah, looks like seven months. This all started with, shout out universe for guiding me in this direction. It started with moving a hoarder who is my Nana. And boy, has she ever failed in this department. Oh, she keeps everything and it's all attached to this story that this thing will be will matter someday to everything in the sense of like, oh, this, this person's long gone. I need to keep it to keep them alive or something like that because it was like their possession. It's a deep attachment to the material and, and the physical. And it's an unwillingness to cut ties with the inessential. I've, I saw her like have newspapers from like an eternity ago that just don't matter anymore. But her ego is so resistant and my ego was as well of letting go of the physical past, thinking that it matters so much. Um, but life is transient in nature. Like there's nothing that we can truly hold on to. 
And once you realize that, life becomes a lot easier because you're able to cut off more. You're able to let go of all of the seemingly important things. But when it really comes down to it, you can truly see that it's like, hey, this is this is no longer an important thing. But I'm getting, I, I digress right now. Point being, I moved to Hoarder. It was super painful. And I was like truly awakened to the fact that like, oh my God, if I continue down this path, it's not going to end well. Then content catch up. After doing some of the content catch up, I quickly just became in a state of, excuse me, I became very filled with pain after listening to myself ramble and say such inessential stuff, like really just focusing on the the chaos rather than the essential few. And I spent so much time with it that it created enough pain for me to be like, okay, I can't do things like this anymore. I have to say less to say more. And enough of that um, kept on for months that I was like, screw this, like we need to change. Next, I just had so much burnout from working on such long form content. that I was just like, why can't I just say less by say say less to say more type of thing and why can't i just make shorter form content why do i need to make these crazy chaotic random vlogs and then put it all together like is it possible that i could just make a focus piece of content next ed mylett on real af andy frisella and ed mylett talked about focus and how young entrepreneurs screw this up the most now in my aspiring entrepreneur journey which I even just like, like, come on, Josh, like, why haven't you figured this out yet? It is what it is, but I I will get there. But on that podcast, they talked about the fact that people are trying to do too much in a day, but if someone is to, if, so like, let's just say say person A, person B, if person A is to focus a hundred percent of their time on project, one, one single project, versus person B who is dividing their resources in one, two, let's say even three types of projects. Who is going to be better within a year, within 10 years? Obviously person A, because all of their resources are focused on one thing. Like obviously you could say, but what if that one thing fails? But the odds of it failing are so much less than the person who is all spread out because they have that equivalent of a of a um, a magnifying glass with the sun, and they need that focus in order to make it burn. And this guy is going to make it burn. The other guy, he can make it burn, but it's going to take a lot longer. And it, I was being this guy. I was being guy too. And that podcast really just started to wake me up. I'm like, okay. If Ed's saying it, if Andy's saying it, this is something I need to really consider. And I'm I'm so bad, or I have been so bad in the past, not anymore really. I'm trying to just delete this from my from my existence right now. But they I, I've been so in the mindset of like, okay, but like and, you know? Like instead of it or let's go with an and and let's let's work on like three or four different focuses at once. So it was maybe like energy work, content, systems, like life OS with Notion, stuff like that that I've developed. Um, websites, like freelance, 
So let's, there we go. Five, five things. Awesome. How the hell am I going to make meaningful progress on any one thing when I have all of my time, all of my energy, all of my resources divided by five? Everything goes so much slower. And then I look at my results and I'm like, okay, yes, this is why my metrics are taking so long. This is why my finances are nowhere close to where they should be. This is why my business success is nowhere near what it should be as well. Next, I was resistant to listening to this audiobook called The One Thing, but I started it anyways. And it taught me about the focusing question, which is, what is the one thing such that by doing this, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? I might be paraphrasing that a little bit, but that is the core essence of it. And that has changed the way I've prioritized and has allowed me to, it, it just it drilled in me so many examples of ways to think about how I'm looking at the world, think about focusing, think about prioritization, think about resource management, time management, um, to-do lists in a way where everything is just focused. It's not about focusing on the many, it's about focusing on the few. And even less than few, it's like, how can we focus on the one? What is the one thing that by doing this, so like you take a huge list, you ask yourself that question, what is the one thing on this list, such that by doing it, everything else in this list will be easier or unnecessary. There will be something that comes to you and that is now the new top priority because by doing that, it's going to make a positive impact on every single thing on that list because it's either rendering everything unnecessary or it's going to make it easier. And if you can just master that question, game over. Like that has had such a tremendous impact on myself. It is something I journal on every single day right now. And there's a reason why I'm doing that. Let's just say that. So that book was amazing. Loved it. Taught me a lot. It's in my opinion, now a classic in my books and foundational. And I'll continue re-listening over and over again. Next, Effortless by Greg McEwen. Love Greg McEwen. Originally, listened to essentialism back in the day, uh, two years ago, I think it was late 2019. So a year and a half and, uh, loved it as well, but effortless just hit me at the right time. And again, was like, a you could think of it like a vol two or a, a sequel to essentialism. And it was just so damn nice. And one of the biggest things I learned from that for sure was start with zero. It's this concept of people think that you need to start off with kind of like what we just did with that to-do list example. People think that you need to take the chaos and whittle it down and simplify and simplify and simplify until you get the core. But what you can actually start with instead is start with zero. And this concept um, was told in the story of how Steve Jobs simplified versus how the company who created the burning tool on the original, I think it was the Mac or something like that, how they approached it. So they had this like, I think it was like a thousand page document or something like that for their manual for how to use the thing. And they tried to simplify it, simplify it, simplify it, many, many versions, and then ended up with a still lengthy manual that to Steve Jobs was just too much still. And they were all like nervous to talk to Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs comes in the room. They're giving their complex pitch, da 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 explaining, 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 explaining in a very complex way. 
And then Steve Jog comes up to it and just says, it's going to do this. And that's it. Bingo. That is starting with zero. Instead of taking and subtracting and subtracting and subtracting and subtracting, you start off with zero and you add only what is essential. That way, you don't have to deal with the attachments you had to the past things. You don't have to get burdened by the removal of the clutter because it's a very exhausting process. If you just start from the ground level and build only what you need, only what actually matters, you will save yourself so much time and so much energy and so much of your resources. I know this because I've been applying Start With Zero in my website, in all of my designs, in my content creation, in my scripting, in my in my life OS. Oh God, the life OS has gotten rebuilt three times due to simple simplicity and, and essentials and all that jazz because of this, especially with the Start With Zero that has changed the game. So very important concept. Book overall was badass as well. Next, revisited essentialism. Like, so good. And I, I'm taking notes on it. And oh, thank God I'm going on walks today, almost daily right now. Because I'll either do I'll do some sort of outside, um, outside cardio. Because I'm on 75 hard right now. And in this, I've allowed myself to take notes as I'm walking. As I'm listening to either podcasts or, or audiobooks and stuff like that. It's allowed me to just like integrate so much deeper and gather concepts like i'm just ripping through notes basically um it's so nice but i digress but that's going well and then matt diavella's videos oh my god like this guy is a king with minimalism and he, he's inspired me so much with not only his minimalistic style but also like how he approaches his life the way he is within content creation it's so good um, I've also, I think, taken inspiration from how he clothes himself because I think he does dark pants with either a dark shirt or a light shirt. That is my understanding after observing him. And yeah, I've also adapted this this single clothing technique type of thing that, <laughs> yeah, I am now only wearing one outfit per day, basically. It's great. I don't know why I've taken so long to do this, but people like Mark Zuckerberg, Steve Jobs, they also did it. And then Matt Vella also did it. And I'm like, okay, let's just try this. Excuse me. So I got, I, this is one of my favorite shirts. So I got five of them or four of them. And I also got Lululemons, which, oh my God, ABC, Warpstream. Where has this been all my life? comfiest pant I have ever experienced. 100, I think 60 Canadian, worth every penny. Worth every penny. Especially because it's what I wear literally almost every single day. Unless I'm wearing like my shorts or whatever. That's, that's it. Like my wardrobe right now is literally this. Maybe a blue shirt if I'm like in between loads of laundry or whatever. And then these bad boys, um, a sweater if it's cold. I've just simplified a ton right now. So that was inspired by Matt, but I'm also loving his style, his content, and also going through a course with Matt Diabella right now, which maybe I'll talk about later. Then, on writing well. On writing well, oh God, what a Bible for writing. And it's just, 
it just has simplicity at its core. It's about letting go of this narrative that complexity in words, these um, complex sentences, um, talking so professional, quote unquote, like get rid of all of that crap, reduce the clutter, kill the clutter, rewrite, keep rewriting until it's at its core form. And also like this idea of what if you could write everything you just wrote within one sentence? Like that for me was basically the book and it just, it's just changed the way all these things together are just changing the way I am as a being right now. In addition, 75 hards, limited time. Like, because I'm on this program right now, thankfully I have extra time to go through everything I just said right there. Um, in the sense that I am, I'm, I'm walking, I am lifting weights, I am doing other forms of fitness. There's a little bit more time spent on food. This is all time that I'm able to listen to audiobooks. This is all time that I can engross myself into this reality of focus, simplicity, essentialism. And literally everything I'm listening to right now and reading accidentally, for whatever reason, just keeps coming at me with focus, with simplicity, with essentialism, with minimalism. And like when you have something in your environment like that that consistently tells you to do something and you accept it, which I have definitely accepted it, it changes you as a being. Your environment matters so damn much because of this. The 75 hard limited time, what I was going to say with that is because there's a limited time, I'm spending like three hours a day type of thing on 75 hard tasks, which are, um, we've got the workout one, workout two, which needs to be outdoors, then 10 pages in a book and those are the, and then I guess food is the other time consuming task from that. And then there's also progress picture and then drinking four liters of water, following the meal plan. Did I miss anything? Um, no cheat meal, no alcohol. I feel like I yeah, there should be eight tasks. I don't know how I got nine in my hands, <laughs> but anyways, point being because there's a reduced amount of time and energy in the day, because you've got those key tasks that are, that are ex, ex, extracting some of your resources, I have turned into a different animal in terms of my time management, my priority management in conjunction with everything I just said right there because it's all working together. I need to make that extra time and that extra energy in my day count more. So it's fundamentally changed me. Probably one of the biggest things I've gotten from the program so far is definitely like this just, I'm trying to figure out how I can convey it into actual English, but the point being is that when part of your, when part of your resources are extracted, it's a Parkinson's law. Like time, the project will take as long as you allot it, essentially. Um, we can go faster than we think we can. We can do more than we think we can. And because I'm at a reduced rate with my resources, I have to make it count so much more. And I don't know if the words are really coming to me right now around this, but you just need to focus on the essentials because there's no time for the inessential when you're already so scarce with the existing resources. So for me, like social media, that's a clear cut. Like that just doesn't matter at all. Um, friends, social, like actual social, 
I've, I have done a horrible job at keeping relationships right now because it's just, it's not what matters to me in the least. Um, and I'll return at some point, but like, I'm just, it's, it's not, it's not my one thing. It's not my focus right now. It's not my priority. So it needs to push off to the side for now. It's not obviously like a very popular thing to say, like, Hey, I don't really care about maintaining any friendships right now. Unfortunately, it's just how I feel though. And I got to keep it real with you guys. Got to keep it real. Documenting in the way I used to. That's been pretty much cut as well. Like things have changed so much with that. Um, overall, I can just say I am letting go of the inessential. I am letting go of the desire for complexity. And I am introducing a new paradigm of what would this look like if this was simple? What would this look like if it was fun or easy? Got that from as well from Effortless. That was a huge thing from that book. And with these questions, with these new paradigms, it's just changed the way I look at life. Like, it's crazy. It is absolutely insane. Editing Josh here. I would be remiss if I didn't mention all of the incredible work that took place on an energetic and quantum transformation level around simplification and detachment. I remember one specific session I was doing Saudi Vive Hard and I was walking pitch black, um, in the middle of the night and I worked on transforming any resistance I had to simplification, to detachment, and specifically this attachment I had to complexity and letting go of things having to be so damn complex and hard and complicated. And then from there on in, when the subconscious and the energetic was paired with the conscious, that is when the magic truly happened. Buy my quantum transformation services if you can afford it. It's worth it. Coming so soon, I'm so excited. So as for focus right now, it's just changed, man. I don't want to focus on riding multiple horses at once. I feel like two max, man. Two max feels like a good thing in the sense that all I care about right now is content creation to tell my story, tell the narratives I care about, um, the principles, sharing the principles sharing the lessons, uh, helping people improve their lives, having a positive impact. And so all things to do with that, but also entrepreneurship in the sense of like energy work, um, turning what my passions into a, into a business, something that makes money, something that I can sustain my lifestyle. Yeah. Conquering sales, something that I've, I've been resistant and, fearful of for a long time. Those two things right there are my focuses. So, and even better than that, I wish that there was only one focus, but these things are kind of similar in the sense of like marketing business, like they're close enough, but yeah, long gone are the days of me trying to do everything. And now it's time to do less and to document less and to do less rituals. And, um, there's a lot that's changing. There's so much detachment that's going on right now. That's one of the next things that I'm going to be talking about. So recently with all this simplification occurring, a lot of detachment has occurred as well, because again, they're kind of like, they go hand in hand. The less you are attached to the chaos, the less you're attached to the inessential, the complexity 
the more you can just let go and focus on what truly matters. The one, the two, the, the, the handful, the essential few, rather than the trivial, trivial many. I just butchered that, but we move. I've got letting go of so many rituals. Um, if it wasn't for 75R right now, I would also have letting go of, I just said letting. <laughs> if it wasn't for 75 hard, I would have for sure let go of all these tasks as a mandatory thing. I moved literally every ritual in my day-to-day as optional and my like lightness, my free-flowing nature is just so much better. I'm so tired of this attachment to like, I need to do this. I have enough things that I quote unquote need to do. I don't need this like mandatory, like burdensome feeling that I have to do this in a, in a given day. And it's that has traditionally just ruined my quality of life. So things like cold showers, I quote unquote needed to do it before, but I've let go of that because I don't like, will my life go on if I don't have a cold shower? Yes. Will it make it a little bit easier on my recovery if I have a cold shower? Yes. Do I need to? No. So it's more like, hey, if I want to do it, I'll do it. That is one thing that I have not really kept up. (laughs) I just don't care about that. But like a better example is journaling. I used to make every day, it would be like, let's just write one thing a day, even if it's like one sentence, it could be in theory for journaling. It acts as a practice um, for improving my writing style, which is something I'm absolutely trying to improve right now. And it kind of goes back to like what I was saying before about, about the writing stuff. It's like, Every time I practice writing, it, it was an opportunity for me to take something that could have been five sentences and turn it into one or two or three or the, ideally the close closest you can get to the minimal version of getting your point across and the le- through the least amount of text, the better. And it's something I continue to uh, improve upon. It's not easy, but it's worthwhile. So we do it. But that's one thing I used to make myself quote unquote, force myself to do every single day. Before I went to bed, I needed to do at least one journal entry. I've let that go. Now I journal like once every two days. It's really nice. I don't need to do it. I get to do it. And that is a huge, huge difference. So with these rituals, like, yes, there's absolutely value in doing something absolutely and doing it every day. And there's a reason why like my communication style will end up being world class is because I did things like that for years on end. But at a certain point, if it starts like destroying the way you look at the world, which it has with me. So I'm trying to give you a warning in case you fall and prey to this as well. I started to get so identified with the idea of winning and losing my day to day that if I wasn't quote unquote winning, it just would destroy my emotional well-being. And that's not good. Like you don't want that to be the case. Of course, you want to make sure you're doing the correct things that are going to reverse engineer your goals. No doubt about it. But if it's coming at a certain cost, if if it's making you lose hair, which I don't know if it actually is for me, like my hairline's not great. This like crazy thing you're seeing here. But yeah, if it's, if it's destroying you, if it's making you identify as a as a player in the game of this physical world, 
I don't know if that's so useful. You know, like it is and it isn't. So there's a fine balance there because at a spiritual level, bro, your soul doesn't care about winning or losing. So in addition to everything I just told you, one of the biggest things I changed was my power list. Now that's not something I'm doing anymore. I'm like, hey, I feel like doing the power list today. That's not how that works. So I just gave it a straight cutoff because I've been doing this since August of 2015, I think. It's been a minute. The same thing with the journals, man. Like, this has been something that's been going on for six years. So it was really, it was really weird to just randomly stop journaling. Um, just like I am with the power list. It, it was really weird at first. But guess what? Because I have the habits built and I like action, I like moving myself forward, I enjoy the climb, I enjoy the growth, I enjoy being in the trenches to a degree as well. That allows me to do things and I, I crave the growth. I crave the working on critical tasks. I crave everything that goes into what a powerless is supposed to do, but I got it so identified with if I, if I was losing or if I was winning that sometimes I would even put down, or actually a lot of times I would avoid doing something like sales, which is my utmost priority right now. That is, that is like huge. And yet I would not put it down on my list because I, I didn't believe I was going to do it. And that would create an L and enough L's. I couldn't go on, go beyond four L's or else I would have lost the week. And I just would not let myself lose a week. That was like, Oh God, that was, I was so attached to not losing a single week and losing a week means you have more losses than you had wins. So if I went, if I, I never went past four, like that was just not acceptable. But yeah, since then I have just allowed myself to just go balls deep on one single project within a day. And it's freaking amazing. It feels so, so nice. You have no idea. I mean, maybe you do because you weren't trapped in this like powerless thing. But uh, anyways, great tool. Shout out Andy Priscilla for introducing me to that tool through his podcast. But it's come. It's it's no longer serve. It's it's time has come. It was re- like I'm ready to let it go, and I did let it go. And it I'm I just enjoy it so much more not having that in my day to day and just managing my top priorities as they come. It's like a much more flow based, but not a flow based where I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go like, uh, do nothing now. No, it's, I wake up, I get started on exactly what I need to be doing, whatever my top priority is. I'm journaling on it, um, through the one thing exercise. Cause that's in my journal now, which by the way, I've changed my journaling exercise since we last talked as well. It's moved from a hybrid of five minute journal in paper form, which is like line paper to now on digital, which is really interesting. Um, but now I can take it anywhere I want with me, do it on my phone. It's much more flexible. I was resistant to letting that go as well, but I'm glad I did. And what else can I say over there? Um, so I focus on like minimalism with gratitude. So I was like, Hey, what's one thing that I'm grateful for rather than feeling like I need to have three things I write down. It's just a, there's such a simplicity and detachment going on right now. It's so nice. My life feels so much better because of it. But so there's that. Then there is, um, what is my top priority I'm focused on right now, which is currently a dollar amount per month. And then after 
I focus on what is it? Yeah, my I answer the question, what is my one thing? Such that by doing this, my goal will be achieved, essentially. And then also I commit to an identity, which right now the identity I'm committing to every day is I make things simple. Can you can you guess why all these things are happening? <laughs> I am consistently committed every single freaking day to focusing on the essential, to taking the thing I write literally all the time is I make things simple. I make business simple. I make success simple. I make content simple. I make everything th- simple. I focus on the essentials. I let go of the inessential. I have written those things or typed rather those things so many times in the past month. It's it's insane. And things are changing because of it. So it's a consistent thing. I'm grateful for it. Um, a lot is changing, man. Like there's also a detachment about like documenting perfection within systems certain things being a specific way, this like rigidness. I'm letting go of that as well, as you can probably see. Um, I've let go of this idea of like all the dates need to be accurate within my system. Just the things that I would get so wrapped up on. And they're all just so ego, so much ego in them. It's like, how can I make the permanent, the sorry, how can I make the impermanent permanent? That's what my ego is so obsessed with, with documenting. That's why I don't care about documenting as much because it's just like, we're just going to be all dust soon. Like it just doesn't matter that much. And like your soul is going to move on to the next life. And it's, it's not a big deal. Like, okay, we screwed this one up. Cool. Next. There's also a detachment of like what people think about me, um, how people are going to react, uh, what the world says and thinks like, it's just not there like it used to be. And I have a lot of, a lot of gratitude for both 75 hard and this obsessive nature with like simplicity and detachment, all that jazz. Plus there's yoga that's being done in 75 hard. So that is another big reason. Shout out Dr. Sue Mortar. I'm doing a much better job of embodying, which means a greater sense of, in her words, unattachment. When I say detachment, I'm talking about what she says with unattachment. Yeah, it's just beautiful, man. It is a beautiful evolution right now. Like I said in my notes, who cares is usually the attitude right now. Like, it just doesn't matter. Nothing matters as much as our brains tell us it actually does. The order, uh, the perfect quote-unquote nature as if perfection actually exists. Everything is perfect and yet nothing is perfect. I also got to the point only even last week where I was like, screw this with the way I set up my Notion data. And I just archived literally everything I could within like notes, actions, and projects. And it felt so good. (laughs) Everything's still searchable. I can still use everything. It's just knowing that I didn't have to do it anymore. Oh, so freeing. So freeing. So with this like feeling that I don't have, there's no like mandatory things anymore, except for 75 hard, which I'll come back to at a later time within this podcast. But beyond that, it allows me to experience much more flexibility and flow. And like I said, I'm not not doing things. I'm still doing, I, I would find myself actually doing more on this than I would with all of like the complexity and rigidness. It's a strange dichotomy, but there's so much more inspired action. There's so much more of a focus on 
I'd rather just do like my one thing in a given day rather than try to do five projects or five separate tasks that have are in different areas of life. Like obviously you want to be balanced to a degree, but by the time I'm done like project or um, task three or whatever, I'm exhausted. Like I don't have the juice in me usually to do and yet I do at the same time, but I don't usually have the juice within me to go and, and execute on all of these secondary things. I just want to, I want to put all of that juice. So I do have the juice, but I want to put all of that juice into my top thing and nothing else. Like today, my top thing was content. So here I am recording. Earlier, I was finishing up my final vlog. Final vlog. Yeah, we're going to be talking about that in a minute or sooner or later in the podcast. <laughs> but it's all like about content. And it just feels so right doing that. I highly recommend for yourself. The next topic I wanna to talk about is 75 hard. This is a mental toughness program. This is not about the fitness side of things. It is not about the getting smarter part of things. It is part of transforming your dome, transforming your mind, to make you mentally tough. It is designed by Andy Frisilla, who is definitely one of the world's most foremost experts on mental toughness. You know, like I put David Goggins up there as well. Same thing with Andy Frisilla, man. They're both in that type of arena. Um, you've got like the Iron Cowboy, people like that, just absolute weapons. And that's what this program does. One workout, indoors, 45 minutes minimum. Second workout has to be outdoors, 45 minutes minimum. Follow a meal plan. Drink one gallon of water. Then read 10 pages in a nonfiction book. Don't have any cheat meals, no alcohol, progress picture. And if you screw any of those up, you have to start at day zero. But once you get to consecutively doing every single one of those tasks, not one page less, not one milliliter less, not any exceptions. Once you do all those tasks for 75 days in a row with zero failure, you have one 75 hard. Now, I'm not gonna say too much about this because I'm gonna do an entire podcast on this because I'm so close to my finish right now, but Right now, I'm on day, let's check that. Should be on day 59, but let me double check that. 58, day 58. I'll take it. I got 17 days left. This, I'm exhausted at this point. It is, oh, Jesus Christ. The, the reason why I'm so exhausted is because I've been doing this since March 1st. It is June 12th right now. I am at, I think it's 104 days of, Days since March 1st, 2021. 103 days. I am so tired right now. You have no idea. Like, it is definitely building something something with inside of me, doing this stuff over and over again. It's showing me how much more I have than I think I do. The monotonous has kicked in. Like, it was crazy fun at the beginning. I was like, all oh, amped. I had so much masculine energy just flowing through me, so much vigor, so much passion and excitement, intensity, just rushing through my body. But now I'm just like, oh God, I cannot wait to be done. But this is where another gear is crafted 
when you do what is required long after the passion is there. So that's where I'm at right now. It is fundamentally changing me from the ground up, both in the actually doing the tasks, so checking the box every damn day. And I've, by the way, the reason why this is taking so long is I've failed three times on like such small things, but I needed to make sure that I was doing it right. So for example, I wasn't sure if ketchup was 100% on my things I could eat list. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to restart. I made it seem like it was so simple. It was literally like days of me questioning if it was an ideal to restart or not. I think the second one was a little bit of water. So I wasn't sure if I had drank all this. It was a little bit weird that day. Um, so I was like, okay, I restart because I couldn't track it correctly. So any days that it gets a little bit crazy, I just go over the top and drink like one and a half gallons to ensure. Like with all these tasks, I am making sure I do more than is required because I cannot afford to take an L in gray area. Just can't do it. The third L was nine pages in a book instead of 10. I was half asleep and I thought I read 10 and I checked the next day and I was like, I only read nine. So now I basically triple check everything I do and God, it's gonna be so nice to be done. I cannot wait, I'm so tired. Um, I'm probably gonna keep up a bunch of things after but I don't want to keep them as mandatory. I want to experiment with that, see what that's like. I'm eating my hair right now, yummy. Throughout this, I've just gone super insular. It goes back to what we were talking about earlier. I've needed to focus. I only have so much energy and so much attention, so much time in the day. Social media and friendships and all that jazz have basically been cut right now. It's almost no socializing and I, that's the way I like it. Partially because it's a lot of resources and stuff that's not moving me really forward. Secondly, because I just don't relate to people in the same way that I used to. Um, when you are evolving, it's challenging because with certain, or not certain, with most people of your current circle, they're not evolving at the same type of rate as you, and they're not focused on the things you're focused on. So it's been challenging in that realm because I just don't tolerate the bullshit. I don't tolerate the excuses. Um, people have gotten so fucking soft, which by the way, I still do this. This is why I barely swear now, if you've noticed. Like, and I'll talk about culture probably soon, but man, it's just, it's hard to exist in our current culture. So I don't really talk to people as much, partially because of that. Um, I still love people, like don't get me wrong, but there's just there's just, just a different level of intensity and a different level of values, different level of work ethic um, that I can't be asked to listen to people's excuses, people's complaining, people's whatever other BS people tell themselves. It's just, I don't relate. That's as simple as that. I do not relate to people in the same way that I did. And it's definitely gonna change for who I'm spending time with going forward. Why would I waste my time doing what no longer interests me? And when I say doing, I'm talking about like having conversations that are boring to me. Like I have better things to do. So I'm not gonna sit here and try to, I don't know, check the box because my past self was, did relate to you to everything. Like, yeah.
So I have some awkward things to go through there in terms of cutting people out of my world. I also just feel like unfollowing everyone on social media, like badly. But I don't know if I'm going to or not. We'll see. It might just be a phase, but maybe it isn't a phase. You know, like emo kids that stay there for good. <laughs> Anyways, probably the most underrated thing about this imp- entire thing was the 10 pages per day. It's amazing how much I've built it up in my mind previously about how hard it was to read. It's freaking simple. Like, it is not that complex. We And within this, it's shown me that, like, we do have the time in the day. And, like, so far, that 10 pages has just helped me rip through books. Right here. One, two, three, four, five. And then... Art of War is what I'm reading right now. So I'm just going through books right now, you know? Just doing the rounds, getting a lot of information. Also taking notes on a ton of things right now. So that's a lot of where my documenting, quote unquote, is coming from, if anything. A little bit of journals, a little bit of uh, notes and stuff like that. But I just don't care about getting every lesson, every breakthrough, every insight these days. I'll focus on the, the key ones that truly matter and... I'll fill in the the rest of the gaps if they need filling in. Except many times, it doesn't actually matter. So I just move on. What a concept. So for my custom choices, I chose alkaline as my diet. I can't go back. Like, you have no idea the amount of energy you have when you're in a proper alkaline state. And I'm talking about like pH level. And that's based on the foods you eat. So I've gotten very specific about eating as close to high levels of alkaline as possible. The way I like set up my win or loss is if I have a true alkaline diet is 80-20. So I set it up with a measurement of if I eat more than three acidic meals per week, that means I lose. So I've just got to stay at three or below. Hopefully I said that right. And that has proved well so far. And oh my God, I just like, this is something that I'm going to stick with for hopefully a long time because the energy levels are just unmatched. As soon as I started, I'm just like, damn. Like not only was this not boring in terms of taste because I was really scared it was gonna be like super bland and super untasty. It's healthy as hell and it tastes fucking amazing. It was worth the swear word. <laughs> like my, my go-to meals are just insane. Like the quinoa bowl with vegetables and coconut oil and Bragg's and kale as well. So nice. And the kale blends in, so I need to taste the kale because the kale tastes pretty damn average. And then like the smoothies I've developed with a certain amount of coconut oil. I just love on coconut oils, by the way. Coconut oil, ghee, and um, MCT and uh, extra virgin olive oil. Those four have just made my existence, basically. It's in, it's insane. Less MCT, more of the others. But like, bro, 50% of my diet right now is fats, healthy fats. And it's like, who knew that this was going to be... I'm just laughing, thinking about like my old macros. They look nothing like this. But I'm still getting gains. That's the beautiful thing. It's like, I was scared because I'm on less protein right now. Like I eat about... 85 grams of protein on average type of thing per day, which is like half of what I used to eat, but I'm still gaining strength. I'm still building muscle. It's so nice. I'm like losing body weight 
because obviously cardio plus like two workouts per day plus even at a bulk level which i am bulking right now you're still losing you're still losing in in body weight because or uh what do you call it shedding fat technically because there's just such a caloric burn going on with two workouts that it's just it's gonna happen especially because cardio my god but (laughs) anyways it's been nice as a walking though so it's not like intense cardio but it is a good pace of a walk and then sometimes i bike and all that jazz and just going back to the protein thing for a second it's just so cool to me that i'm still improving my physique because i was really i was just accepting that i wouldn't really improve much but it turns out you can still make solid improvements in your physique by just following an alkaline diet and just putting in the work required compound lifts man shout out great god for always being there for me because i actually lost a significant amount of muscle and strength before i got started this has just been a great way though of like jumping and back into fitness and training and everything like that because i was just getting so lazy with like the drinking the oh my god the amount of garbage i ate before this program insane like and to think how ineffective i probably was because of all of the junk i was putting in my body um the mood swings like just no i'm not interested anymore with alkaline for example like you just the mood swings are not there obviously you're tired after hundred and something days of doing this stuff but when you're properly alkaline you just have so much more energy and then with no alcohol that increases the training as well same with cheap foods increased results of speed and stuff like that there's just a lot of things working together all at once and I'm very grateful for this program. It's like one of the best things I've for sure ever done. And for sure one of the best things that's ever grown me as well. So I'm very damn grateful for you, Andy Priscilla. But I'm getting very off topic right now. So let me focus back in. Alkaline. Amazing. We'll keep it up. But I do crave a cheat meal really bad right now. Specifically one cheat day. And then I think I'll go back to exactly the way I am right now. Because I just feel so vibrant when I'm eating at a full alkaline level. You have no idea until you've tried it. It's something else. So yoga is the other thing I'm working on right now. Oh my Lord. Body Awake Yoga with Dr. Sue. It is, it's got like traditional yoga practices, but it's definitely more focused on the spiritual side of things and transforming and grounding and uh, really just helping you evolve at a soul level. And it's trying, oh my God, where do I even begin? I don't even know what to say other than it's fundamentally changed my game. I feel like I'm embodying so much more than I ever have. And when I say embodying, I mean like I am getting closer and closer to being like source, just walking on earth type of thing and breathing through the energies that are the groundedness and like heaven earth, basically, quote unquote is what it's called. It's like you are the person or not the person, you are, you are the consciousness that is connecting the the high and the low type of thing and putting them together. I didn't think, I don't think I actually explained that at all, right? <laughs> but that's okay. Um, this, I don't, clearly don't have much to logically say about this right now, but it's been really cool to start feeling energy even more when I'm doing like yoga practices, um, the toning, like, I literally, like, oh, 
Like, I do stuff like that now. <laughs> Some maws in there as well, if you know, you know. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I don't know. There's just been so much transformation. Like, I just don't care what people think as much anymore. I'm willing to do silly stuff. I'm having more fun with things. I am caring less about the minutiae. Um, identifying even more as a soul, like, Oh yeah, since we last talked, I like have my first moment where I looked past my body, which is on my backup channel. You can see that. And all types of things, man. Like it's just been a very intense spiritual journey by not staying in the clouds, but by connecting the groundedness with the clouds. Heaven earth. Heaven earth. So grateful for this program. I'm exhausted. It's really helped me with Josh 2.0. But this is like one of the best ways of for sure leveling into your, your best self. Like if you want to get to Josh 2.0, whatever your name is, if you want to get to you 2.0, this is a great tool to do so. It's one of the most surefire ways of absolutely making sure that this occurs. So, and it's done a tremendous job for me right now. And like I said before, time management has just gone through the roof because of this program. So I'm very grateful. Thank you, Andy Frisilla, for putting me through hell. <laughs> Next up, state of the world. Disappointment, I think could be a good word. How the hell are people so damn asleep? People talk about woke. Those are the most dead asleep people I have seen. So much lack of accountability, so much pointing the finger at a system instead of pointing the fingers at themselves. I'm so tired of hearing about systemic racism. Like racism exists, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it doesn't. But at the level that people are discussing it, it's just like, do you look at data and do you look beyond your own experiences? It feels like the people who are super disempowered are just latching onto things like BLM, which is like a fundamentally political organization. This is not like my opinion. This is 100% what it is. They are a very left-leaning, or sorry, left on this side for video. They are a very left-leaning organization that is like super in support of things like socialism, which feels like everything is about socialism right now. And as a capitalist, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. I'm just, I wrote down in my notes, how the F are people so blind to the realities? How do they trust the government, big pharma, and organizations like BLM so freely? It's just facts. Like I don't trust the vaccines. I don't trust the lockdowns. I don't trust the conversations being had right now because it doesn't line up with data. I don't know what else I can say right there. And then anytime you you say this stuff, you've got like super left-leaning folks in your DMs trying to just like yell at you. I just, how did I end up with so many friends that are like social justice warrior? Ugh. I love you guys. And equally, I'm so fucking sick of how you treat things and approach things. It's just so frustrating. Like, uh... I'm in such a dilemma with this stuff right now, but yeah, I'm, I welcome people disagreeing with me, but 
I just have no no interest in listening to lesser opinions about like a weaker data point or a weaker perspective. I'm about finding, and I'm not trying to be like condescending, even though obviously it's completely condescending, but I'm trying to find the highest truth. And if you're so caught up in the weeds and the excuses and the lies that people and corporations tell you to profit off of you, by the way, I don't, I really don't know how I can help. And I don't really want to have the conversation either because it's just going to waste my time and clearly yours. Cause I mean, you're trapped within your own type of ceilings that you put on yourself. So a lot of what's going on right now is just people giving other people reasons to not do and them taking and being like, yeah, I like that. So things like, uh, but this is, this is really what it's like right now. Like people just handing people the excuses, the, oh, you don't need to point your finger at yourself. Just blame systemic racism. And, oh, we're the government. We're, we're going to help you. We're, we're on your side. Do you really buy into this crap? Like, oh my God, the lack of critical thinking and the lack of pattern recognition right now is just something else. I'm just blown away. I thought people were so much smarter than they actually are. And it's really sad because I want people to be smarter. I want people to be more awake. I want people to be conscious. And the consciousness level right now is just, oh God. Yeah, so... People are fucking pussies right now. Basically. Oh, nice. I broke it. Sure. <laughs> if you're on audio, I just broke my swearing elastic band. I'll need another one later. But after reading like David Goggin's book, for example, which was a great book right before 75 Hard to read to just get me into that type of mindset. Which, by the way, 75 Hard mindset is just something else. The intensity, the the confidence that comes over you is just different because you're doing things that other people are not willing to do every damn day, whether you feel like it or not. And that's like truly where the, the specialness lies. Doing, Are you willing to do what other people are not willing to do? And are you willing to do it every single day without fail? I think that's super, super important. But in that book, I've definitely realized that we're all so weak. Our culture is just it's just filled with so many damn betas right now. I hate to talk about alpha versus beta because it feels a little bit absolute at times, but I'm not interested in being a beta at this point. Can't do it. Cannot do it. I am committed to being the most alpha version of my myself, which also includes feminine aspects as well. So it's about finding the divine balance between the polarities of masculine versus feminine. But there are so many dudes that have just like, shifted towards feminine sides and without having the proper amount of masculinity and then we see all types of problems with with feminism where the girls just become too masculine and then are like it's just like a war on dudes basically right now is my experience um yeah so i'm just like i'm just tired of the way things are in culture right now i don't really know what my answer is or what my solution is other than continue improving myself um if any if any women try to emasculate me either blast them or ignore it 
and do whatever the hell I wanted to do anyways. Or whatever the right thing is in that moment. Whether that's varying degrees or ranges in between those two. Or just something completely different. But I just basically have no interest in returning to the world right now. Because it's just like, I don't know, people are just freaking crazy right now. Almost no looking at data. Lost in the sauce of the storylines. Just to, like... Oh, what are we doing right now? Is my big question. Just what are we doing? So, French friends are definitely changing. I can I can tell you that much. Definitely losing more people every single day, and it's a both both ways. Like they're not interested in listening to me actually keeping them accountable, and I'm not listen. I'm not interested in listening to them um, buy into lies that are there for other people to profit off them and stuff like that. So kind of related to my next topic, which is social media. Now I went away from social media for two and a half months and it was great. I loved it. It was crucial. It was right after the election. I was so tired after the election of listening to all of my left-leaning friends tell me how Donald Trump is like the villain and the enemy and Republicans are just horrible people. If horrible people are telling you you're the bad person, you're doing pretty damn good. And I just learned that like literally last week, but it is my new my new credo because the amount of people that tried to tell me I was doing things wrong and I was a horrible person, I lacked compassion. Like if those same type of people are just shitty people, that makes me feel so much better about what I'm doing. In the same way that like if a, a dumbass tells you you're stupid, I think you're, think you're on the right track. I think you're on the right track. So I'm glad that I went away for that long. It was mostly for the content cash up portion of things because I needed to just really focus all of my energies, all of my time, all of my attention onto the one mission of getting, oh look, some essentialism and focus at play. I feel like this is an entire episode right now, but just making sure that that was complete and I tried to do it in time for 2021, didn't go as planned, watch more of that, I why I quit, quit vlogging, I detailed the entire experience, but I came back, it was insanely surreal because I was just so out of hearing people's opinions, I tried to avoid all opinions, all articles, um, all podcasts except for Andy Frisella's. Um yeah, by the end, it was just crazy. Like there was nothing getting in except for Andy Frisella and like the people who lived with me. It was insane. So returning, first of all, it was amazing to call people. That was so sick. Like my my close friends, it was just so nice to see all of my homies. But then after, <laughs> Instagram was so weird. It was just like, basically social media is just this circle jerk of nothingness where people are all following each other, trying to get validation from each other, numerical usually. So followers, likes, comments are a little less numeric and they're more like actual value, but likes and followers for sure. It's like, how can I get love? How can I get approval? How can I get acceptance through the number that comes up on this digital screen within pixels? Okay, so that's step one. Number two, People are freaking hooked. 
like they are obsessed with that dopamine hit that comes from that like that follow that whatever those notifications and it's like a game to them that they willingly play even if they know that it exists it's it's bananas to me and that's how i was perceiving this platform when i came back is it's bananas all these people stay on and they're hooked into this infinite scrolling thing because the better the platforms can do at keeping you in the infinite scroll and consuming the more ads they'll be able to show you within that session time and the more ads that they show you in general the more dollars they're making so it's just you're the product you're, you're the one that is making them money by giving them their time sorry you're you're giving them your time and that is the real product your time your attention and it's uh it's something else so being away from that for so long i had detached from the social media matrix and i could see like how silly this all was like it just made no sense and instagram was really interesting to come back to um it was instagram is my favorite platform by far of social even though i still don't even like social as it is right now at least but that was cool to go back and start posting about things after being dead silent for so long it was so surreal um to just like look at the app and see the way things were in the ui it just felt like a whole new thing and i didn't scroll much i like stopped at maybe two posts and i'm like no i don't want to do this but i basically posted and then i just got off it was just like whoa i don't need to actually consume it was crazy and i have done this ever since and it's so the way so instead of using social media as like a consumption tool i pretty much just use it as a dm tool and a post tool i will respond to things that people have tagged me in or that messaged me about and then i post whatever i need to post and i get off but honestly i haven't even been doing that cuz i'm just so out of social media world right now and i've i have basically returned to doing i don't know like i have i went on social media i haven't been on social media in basically a month um yeah it's been intense because i'm just i'm focused right now like i don't have the interest or the bandwidth to listen to people talk about I don't know, just like social justice warriors or even just like people's opinions. I'm just so not interested in anything right now. It's just I'm insular. I'm in my own zone. I'm focused. I'm doing what I need to do. I'm focused on my top priorities. And I don't honestly just care about people's opinions right now. And that I, that can probably seem super selfish, but I don't know, when you start to realize that no one's opinion matters except for your own about you and about your world, it's a it's something you 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 like once that's once the elastic band is stretched you can't really come back from that like it's just it's a special place so instagram was good had some good experiences got some really warm welcomes and then i also realized i had screwed up and i'm still kind of screwing this up but i had realized that I had done myself a disservice and I had done my niche a disservice because there was a few people one being Sarah Henry one being Tyler Ferreira 
hope you guys don't mention or mind me mentioning your full names, but the what they both said like really impacted me. It was something as simple as just like Sarah said, P.S. I miss your social media presence. I was like, hmm, people actually miss me. Because I just I assumed that no one would care and people would just move on. That was another reason I just got off for good, because I was just like, who the hell actually cares if one dude is um, gone and the social media uh, social justice warriors were just like dedicated to just drilling down my throat how wrong I was and what I was doing and how I was just this awful person for like not wearing a mask or not liking lockdown or opposing their beliefs. Such pussies. But then what Tyler said as well really helped drill this home as well, which was first of all, he thought I died. So there's that. <laughs> Secondly, <laughs> It was really cute. He was like checking all on me to make sure I hadn't committed, but I was good. And he told me like, um, when the most positive time, when the only positive guy in the timeline vanishes, you notice. And I'm like, oh my God, I have done a horrible thing, which is I let the people that piss me off the most, the social justice warriors, the annoying mother effers stop me from having a positive impact on the niche I care about. See, I don't know if those two people are in my niche. I would say probably not, but what they are is people I could be having a positive impact on through my message, and that matters to me. So I took away positive impact from people in my audience that I could be having because I let the other people shut me up. And that's not acceptable, and it's still not acceptable. The only reason I'm not posting on social media right now is just I don't really care, but... I'm going to return at a certain point and I'm not going to let these these idiots is really what they are to me right now um, stop me from speaking my truth. Like, they're stuck down here in the weeds of the minutiae and stuff like that. I just don't care. I really don't right now. Like, I need to say what is authentic to me and if you disagree with that, sick. Don't spend the time in my DMs trying to tell me how wrong I am when you're stuck at a certain level that you just can't see my level. I'm sorry, that's just currently how I feel. You know, I might be being a little bit egotistical about how I'm viewing that thing right now, but man, what the hell is going on with like the left right now? And not just the left as well. It's not like also the far right, you guys are crazy as well, but I'm just, I'm so tired of arguing with people. Like what is up with this obsession that people have about If I don't agree with you, I need to let you know and you need to agree with my opinion and you need to see things the way I see them. What is up with that? It is a fundamental like insecurity issue and you're rooting your beliefs externally. That means if you're not good with your own beliefs, um, there's this, this, this line that goes, my beliefs do not require others. In these people's heads, they say, my beliefs do require others. I am externally rooting them in other people. So if that person disagrees with me, it screws with me completely because I need them to be right for me to be okay. That's what that basically says. But if you're good with your own beliefs, you will look at that same type of situation and be like, oh, this is completely okay. I don't need the person to agree with me, which is how I feel. And why I don't spend any time trying to convince people of what I believe. Because it doesn't matter. It does not matter. It's an opinion. It's like, it's whimsical. It's it's like, take it to the bank. Go to the bank right now. 
and bring all those opinions with you. See how much you can actually get for them. That's where I'm at right now. I'm just, I'm just, oh God. Social justice warriors. I can't, I can't with you. Anyways, um, <laughs> next, Twitter, social justice warriors. I just live here. It's phenomenal. With the first message that came back, I immediately realized, oh my God, I'm not going to spend much time on Twitter this year because this place is just cancerous right now. Uh, the first one was this girl who I didn't realize was a social justice warrior when I first met her. That is actually a frequent theme. I didn't realize people were social justice warriors before I met them. And then I became friends with them. And then they like showed their true colors in 2020. So that's fun. Or 2021 or both. Um, and in this case, I was a horrible person because I would have voted for Trump over Biden. Like, she was like, you say you're, a by the way, full caps, like, what the hell are you doing? Why are you trying to influence me in full caps? That is such a basic, basic communication concept. If you're trying to have an impact on someone's mind, don't yell at them in full caps. It's nothing's going to get through. It's, it's just like, as soon as you do that, a wall is built up. So anyways, in full caps, she goes, please hold, I'm getting the actual quote. I'm really pissed I can't find the exact screenshot right now of this, but it went something like this. Josh. Something like this as well. Accurate voice. Josh. This, this election is about more than just Republican and Democrat. It's about compassionate. You say you're, you say you're compassionate. Act it. You, <laughs> Basically, the point was just she was trying to make was it was more about it was less about Democrat and Republican and more about compassionate and how a vote for Biden is a vote is a vote for compassion. And then she literally listed examples of how Trump is racist. Fuck out of here. I don't want to hear it. I have no band to hit myself with right now, but I really just don't want to hear it. Like, cool. If you want to vote for the left, be my guest. Um, I would have voted for Trump because he was the better candidate, in my opinion. Does that make me a racist? No. If that, if you think that opinion, you're just not ready to have the race conversation, period, end of story. And another thing on that, um, people who think that white people can't have an opinion on racism is the funniest thing I've ever heard. Like, sick, I'm a white male. Does that mean I can't have an opinion on our culture? That's fundamentally racism and sexism. But people are just completely hypocrites on that type of side. So, yeah, uh, I've, I'm very tired with it all. Um, let me get back to my notes because I've definitely sidetracked. <laughs> yeah, Twitter. Twitter is a joke right now. Just filled with uh, tons of woke people and woke is a joke. So I have, I have no interest really in going on that right now. But uh, maybe at some point I'll return. TikTok, really interesting. But I just don't care. Like, I have no interest in trying to make social media content right now or even consuming. Like, cool. If we're getting way too wrapped up in all of their time with spent on social media, just uh, I have way better things to do. So do you probably as well, but it's your decision. That's about it for social media. Just one final thing on the returning, though. It was so, so nice. Like, probably my favorite thing besides seeing my 
a couple or a few people after was definitely the researching. I have missed going on just binges and tears of researching the data behind something, the um, the opinions, the news articles, the resources. I am obsessed with learning and understanding things. And I couldn't, I had stopped letting myself do that because I was ending up in opinion territory. And that was like a big reason why I stepped back. I just didn't want to hear anyone's opinions anymore. But after I was back, I was like, yes, I've missed this so much. It was so, so nice to research on AirBuds, get people's takes, see what they like, what they don't like, um, hear about people's experiences with like freelance stuff and what they're, oh my God, it was just, it was so nice. It was so nice. Next up, let's talk about content strategy and what's changed and just all things content. Okay. So basically everything's changed, if I could put it like that. Um, I care so much about executing more than I care about documenting everything right now. There's still so much value in documenting, don't get me wrong. Like vlogging, wicked, such, such a great way of storytelling and painting narratives of your entire existence on this planet. But that's what it is. All of it is just storytelling, I have come to realize um, and that's more what I see myself as now, but I don't need to tell those stories in the way that I previously had and in the same formats. And I don't need to tell all the stories, which is something I was struggling with before I started embodying essentialism and simplicity and focus and all that jazz. So now I am now seeing that it's like an 80-20 type of thing. Like instead of 50% documenting, 50% working, it's more like, 80% working, 20% documenting, or better yet, it's more like 99% working, 1% documenting, because that's actually how it usually manifests. It's not just about having, like at least at the start, when you have a team, this is a very different story, but at the beginning when you're documenting, um, you need to find the 1% of messages, the 1% of footage that is going to equate to 99% of the storytelling capabilities, meaning you've got say a hundred moments. What is that one moment that is going to ring true for that universal truth, for that pattern that you're that you're overcoming, that growth point that you're experiencing, that win that just happened in your life? What is that one thing? How can you make it as small and simple as possible to paint a whole bigger picture? That's kind of where I'm at right now because I spent way too much time just getting lost and trying to document so many different things. And just the more you document, the slower you go. That's pretty much how it goes at the beginning when you're a one-man army in my experience because you're taking away resources that can be applied to getting your most effect, your top priority tasks, like the real work done. Um, and I found myself getting way too distracted by all of the energy depleting uh, tasks that come with content creation. And like, obviously it's just grown me so much in the past four years of doing this podcast, or it's three and a half, but um, doing this podcast and the vlogs that I've done and like just the, the short form, like all of it has just grown me as such a creator and a storyteller, but it's just time to let the vlog go. And that's where I'm at right now. And I don't want to put out long form things, like I said, anymore. Um, I'm, I've just had burnout from all these long form vlogs that are just like so unrelated to moments. 
yes, obviously the storyline is, hey, this is Josh Moxie's life, but I just don't want to do things in that same type of way anymore. I got halfway through, and you can watch, please watch the, my last vlog. It t- tells this story like very well. But the last, the last straw was just going through what would have been the final handful of episodes. And I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. So I stopped editing halfway through and I was like, okay, um, I got an idea presented to me from the universe. Um, and I wrote it down and then I was like feeling it through. And then I kept writing out ideas and I kept getting a no, but I got a yes. Once I wrote this down, it was like, okay, storytell over top of the footage, like voiceover, I think was the actual, actual idea there. And yeah, that's just changed the way I'm looking at things now because my content strategy is just about to just be completely different. It's a, it's a preview of what's to come, basically. So here's my new content strategy. Three channels. This one that you're watching this video on right now should be on the podcast channel because it's coming from the main channel, which is now going to be the podcast channel. It's the, mo- it's the closest it is to everything else um, in terms of the most font footage I have on this channel is of podcasts. I think it's like a hundred plus something like that. So yeah, I just moved it to podcast next. And by the way, I really wish I could archive everything, but I'm going to keep it up because it's going to do a better service long-term to people who are getting started with content creation. And just to show like, it doesn't matter if you're born with things or not. Like obviously I have some wiring for creativity and stuff like that, but I've been a pretty terrible communicator most of my life and I'm now just getting like decent. So, and I want to be world-class at it. So it's a tool to document my entire journey from going like of garbage at content creation and garbage at communication in the form that I currently am doing to much, much better, which I'm getting okay. So there's that. (laughs) Setting up a main channel in addition to that, and that's going to be for high quality videos. Think like Matt Diavella type of quality, um, Peter McKinnon, Matt, uh, Ali Abdal. Those are like three huge inspirations I have right now, especially Matt Diavella and especially Ali Abdal because they're just, the way they do their content is so informational and educational and entertaining at the same time. And uh, Peter obviously is just like a legend in his own right though. So um, they're all just so damn good at what they're doing. Very inspired by all three of them. Next, backup channel. This is for anything that isn't good enough for the main channel, but can also be like clips and stuff like that. It's like for the randomness, for the extras, for the behind the scenes, for the bloopers, for the clips of vlogs that never got aired, for exclusive content. It's just like Josh Moxie expanded. It's the plus, it's the, it's the, yeah. I love it so far. I am airing random things on there, like from all types of entertainment stuff and reaction videos to valuable clips or cool moments that happen that I don't care about vlogging anymore. So I'm like, yeah, instead of doing a full on vlog, why don't I just like throw a day up or throw a moment up from a vlog that is never going to get aired? It's so much better like this. Why was I not doing this the entire time? So anyways, that might happen at a certain point, daily vlogging. I foresee that it probably will. I uh, don't know where I'd put that, but I, I, it's in, it's on, it's in the back burner. Does that even make sense? No, not really. 
It's coming down the line, maybe, eventually, we'll see. For now, you get clips and small moments. Hope that's valuable to you. So, there's a lot that's changing. Obviously, like I said, the clips, it's just gonna be a lot more focused. Like, I don't feel the need to bring in every lesson and every anecdote now. I wanna have, from both an SEO perspective and a user experience perspective, I wanna make sure that the video is focused on doing what it says it's gonna do and it doesn't need to do everything else. So if I talk about Notion, I'm not just gonna talk about Notion, I wanna talk about like one specific thing in Notion and then if I wanna bring in another concept, oh look, I can make a second video. What a concept, even this in this podcast right now. I probably should have broken this up into maybe two podcasts and hell, maybe I did. But the point being is that you, you as the user come to a video with the title and the thumbnail and you have a specific type of thing, like from a resource perspective, from a how do I do this or I want to learn about this topic. You don't need to be learning about every little thing and I want to be able to create a bingeable type of approach on my channel and in the content I'm creating that, okay, cool. I'm done talking about this specific topic. Now it's time to move on to the next one. You can join me if you want, or you can go into something else. And that creates this like crazy binge effect. And I bring you tons of value and you search for what you want and you get rid of what you don't want. Instead of leading the video, you just go and find more. Yes. And it just works so much better for search as well, because people don't want to see what they didn't sign up for and everything. So I'm giving you exactly what you signed up for. Hopefully nothing more. I mean, you're probably going to get some personality and some fun stuff instead, um, in addition to just the content value, but there's just a very different energy now, man. Like I'm also really just focused on like happiness and views. So I do care about views now. I do care about metrics, but not to the point where I'm like stressing out about it, but it was like where I'm at right now, I want eyeballs. I want to make this YouTube thing work. I know I actually can do it now. So it's a very different energy of, it's not just like, I'm just doing this for the personal branding per se. Like I actually believe that I can do this as a, my main thing if I wanted to. Do I want to do it as my only main thing? No, I don't. Because I wanna make sure I'm doing, I wanna make sure I win business and content. Those two, they matter to me. I know I just talked about like not riding two horses, but, you can, I, you, I've seen enough people ride two horses with that. Either do one first or kind of do them a little bit slower and go at the same time and everything. So we'll see with that. But I do think I can pull this off in terms of being a, an amazing YouTuber. And it comes with watching my evolution, watching my intuition, seeing where I'm feeling um, this is headed. And I can see that it can be big. I'm watching my value and standards compared to my inspirations. And I'm just like, geez, this is really happening. And I'm still at barely over a hundred subscribers. Oh yeah, I hit a hundred subscribers. Yay, let's go. It's actually amazing. Like how the hell have I taken so long to hit a hundred subscribers? But for those people who are watching, appreciate the hell out of you. I appreciate you guys so much. Anyways, back to what I was saying. It's exciting though, because this is creating one of the greatest stories of all time, of people who persevered past, like there's there's no logical reason why I should still be here, still making content with this low of views and with this low of subscribers. It is ridiculous. 
So I'm auditing my intuition. I'm auditing my trajectory. I'm auditing what I believe to be my potential here. Um, I'm, I'm learning about content and how to get better. I'm learning about SEO. I'm learning about filmmaking, all these types of things that are going to add to a crazy trajectory if I do pull this off. And I'd also like to shout out Choi Veer, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, but this is one dude who gave me some of the best feedback I've gotten in such a long time. And I met him on Twitter. I shared uh, my channel, I think, or, or he checked out my channel or something like that. And he gave me such ruthless, no filter feedback and gave such encouragement at the same time that it created this beautiful soup of just what I wanted to hear. I want to hear the truth and I also love hearing compliments and stuff like that. So he told me that he believed I would be at a certain number count of subscribers in a, in a couple years and where I should be right now. And I was just like, damn, you really think that? Like that, that high? Um, and that was huge for me and it's going to be something I remember for a long time and it's something I consistently think about like every day not to put my weight into someone's external opinion but it resonated so well because these are the things I think about and for someone to also be able to see where I was headed and also be in the video industry that was just like okay um I'm not crazy after all and that someone else can actually see it that's cool so yeah, shout out to Choi because he's kept me sane on a lot of days. I'm so excited to share all of these uh, these new insights and new quality and just new strategy and everything that's going on. I'm just I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So point being, I'm very confident that I'm going to put up numbers on YouTube in the near future. Like I have my doubts with, for example, entrepreneurship. I have literally almost no doubt that I'm going to absolutely smash the YouTube game at some point, whether... I don't know if that's like a year from now or like 40 years from now, because this is a long-term thing. This is not, I'm not doing this just if I don't get it in two years, I'm going to stop. That is such, oh God. I understand that like people think that yes, yeah, like quit something if it's not going well type of thing so you can focus on better things. But if your intuition says yes, which mine says yes, stay the course, you better stay the course because something badass is coming and I can feel it in my core and I can feel it in my soul. I'm so, so, so amped to pull this off in the near future, whatever near is defined as. Like the podcast, for example, this is a life game. I heard Logan Paul the other day talk about, I'm going to be doing this till I, I'm, I'm basically dead. And I'm like, that's exactly how I feel with content. That's exactly how I feel with the podcast right now. So this is, it's exciting, man. Um, I'm going to be changing the way I'm doing podcasts going forward. There's going to be more editing. Like you're seeing a lot of editing today it's because partially because I'm rusty. <laughs> Secondly, because I, as a solo podcaster, I don't have that ability to give it to the co-host quickly check my notes and then come back to everything or, you know, hand them off a topic and then bounce back and forth. I'm bouncing back and forth with myself, which is a, not an easy thing to do, but if you can pull it off, you're in a magical place. And personally, I just don't want co-hosts because it's the Josh Moxie podcast now. But seriously, like I want to be able to talk exactly about what I want to talk about. And I love that creative freedom. 
and no limitations and not the slow nature of how people discuss things, even though today I found myself discussing things very damn slow. So, but in general, when I'm talking to people, I'm very like, I'm just very like focused. Um, I'm on the move. I have things to do. I want to get simplified message out. I want a quick answer back and then get back to what I need to do. That's where I'm at right now. Plus, I'm super caffeinated right now. So there's that. (sighs) Podcast editing. (laughs) So instead of this like one cut thing, which is valuable and I will do that sometimes, I am letting myself edit interviews and solo podcasts now because I want to make them better for you guys. This is not about me trying to pristinely document everything and capture everything just as it is with no editing. I used to just put that on a complete pedestal, but I have more of this like filmmaker's mindset right now where it's like, do anything to get the shot. Matt Diavella, he taught me rule number one, get the shot. So like I'm doing whatever is required to get that, get that shot, get that high quality, whether that means re-recording, like for example, um, the journal 008, I think was like three versions to get that podcast episode which was one of my best podcasts to date if not the best um the recent one with the voiceover um the final final process episode that was three full-on re-records of the voiceover and multiple rewrites of the script sometimes from the ground up it's i'm i don't care about pristinely documenting anymore basically in short i am I'd rather do whatever's required to get that quality that is super good to deliver to you guys because it's not about exactly how it played out. It's about telling the story in the best type of way. So as I shift my mindset more from documenter to filmmaker, it's kind of like things become more, not like acting per se, but you know, I'm introducing scripts, which are familiar, unfamiliar completely to me because I've always done like points and stuff like that. But now, and I'm doing podcast points, but sometimes there's definitely value in scripts, especially in like videos where you're trying to be super concise and fast and effective. Oh my God. It's just, it's just such a, a change in values that increases the quality and the output that you see and the effectiveness of, of the communication and the, and the story. So lots of editing right now. I really hope that I don't sacrifice my communication style for this. And I want to still keep things as close to raw as possible, if at all possible. But if it means me delivering a worse product, there's a good chance I'm probably going to opt to re-record something or you know strip something or um, get a B-roll that isn't actually the B-roll. Like I was using incorrect b-roll in one day because i was like this shot works better than the other even though it's a completely different timeline but we move like it doesn't matter as much as the brain would like to convince it's just it's all like so silly so once you get to that place everything just starts being like okay who fucking cares i sure don't that's that's at least where i'm at right now also i am now caught up on content after that vlog in case that isn't damn clear so yay josh finally did it took literally forever but and i'm so grateful the vlogging is done because now i can focus on making better quality content and uh whether that's like notion tutorials which by the way i completely missed the wave so there's that and i don't you can't even promote your content anymore in notion reddits and facebook groups and stuff like that so i have no idea if i'm actually going to make notion content anymore 
But uh, I told myself I was prepared to miss the wave. I'm here. My life goes on. I'll figure out another way. I will definitely figure out another way. If I even want to make Notion content, there's part of me that just wonders if that was supposed to happen because I watch people get locked into Notion content after they do that instead of being like a creator for not just one specific platform, but productivity in general or self-improvement in general. And obviously that goes a little bit against the focus thing, but there's value in not just being linked to one specific platform. So, but man, the, the ones that are, are just like doing such good content is crazy. Like I'm very inspired by so many people within Notion. It's, it's, it's insane. Especially August Bradley. He is the goat in my opinion. And because I'm caught up now, that means the camera is happening. I am going to get the Sony a7C full frame, potentially with either the Tamron, um, the wide angle one. I think it's the 17 to 28 millimeter F 2.8 if I'm not mistaken. And then it's either going to be that or it's going to be the G Master. We'll see. I'm not 100% sure. G Master is like two and a half times that. So do I get it? I don't know. It's so beautiful. I'm not sure right now. I'm just so excited to have another camera or have my first camera rather. It's going to be crazy. And then lighting as well. I'm going to get an entire lighting setup. So sorry for this trash lighting setup. I literally got like my room light and then a little bit of a ring light going on and then natural light. So a little bit of a three point, but like it's just garbage. So as I learned about lighting, I'm just, I'm sorry that you had to bear what you're currently bearing. The setup's going to be nice. I'm excited for it and uh, potentially do some videography stuff for some clients. That could be a decent stream of income. And um, my quality is at that point right now where I could do that. I could help someone with a podcast. I could make someone videos. I could be a D-Rock, quote unquote. I don't even know what I want to do right now with that specifically, but I'm just excited to have the option. Finally, in addition to all this, rebranding everything with simplicity in mind. So that means, you know, new website. That means we've got a new podcast name which is probably just going to be Josh Moxie podcast because like creativity, right? Then we've also got new podcast logo, new um, artwork all over the branding, new personal logo, new um, way of positioning myself. There's just going to be a lot of changes. I'm so excited because it's always simplicity in mind. Everything is so focused. Everything is so about growth, so about evolution. I'm just stepping into my power right now, and it's beautiful. Let's talk business. At the beginning of the year, I set my main goal for the year to be a real entrepreneur, to become a real entrepreneur, to actually embody entrepreneurship because I've been playing business for such a long time and I'm just sick and tired of doing so. So I am progressing. I am not there, but I have made foundational moves and I hate I'm like resistant to even saying this because it feels like I'm not doing the main things that I need to be doing type of thing in terms of like sales is the number one. But if you don't have sales, sorry, if you don't have a product to sell, if you don't know who you're trying to serve, what are you going to sell and who are you going to sell it to? So I have outlined more of that stuff and I'll bring it back in a minute. But first I tried with freelance and I have my portfolio built. I worked with a client to build a website 
and uh, I was so ready to do port- freelance as my main business stuff while I figured out energy work on the side. But once I was fully ready to do freelance, I was just like, this feels so misaligned right now. I don't actually want to be doing half of the things I'm doing right now. Not more, not half, basically everything. It was just, I didn't enjoy the process and I need to enjoy the process of what I'm working on. That doesn't mean that I can't have bad days. That doesn't mean I can't have things that I don't want to do. That's, that's part of business. That is part of doing things that you want. Like it's part of achievement of your goals. You're going to be doing things at a certain point that you don't want to be doing, but it's required. But I need to enjoy at least some of it. And I was not having a fun time. It also just felt misaligned. Like in my core, I could feel that something was not right for me to be focusing on this specific thing of freelance. So I shifted my mind and came back to the thing that matters the most to me and continuously is what I have put off, but I know that I need to figure out, which is energy work slash quantum healing slash quantum transformation is the most recent thing I've been calling it because it's just so much more badass because that's what it actually is. It's transforming yourself at a quantum physical level. It's badass. I'm in love with it. It's strange, man, because I'm going to be charging so, so much for this and it makes me nervous, but it has to be done. I'm looking to work with luxury clients. I'm looking to charge a decent chunk of money per month and support them in their in their journey. This is going to be designed for high performers to go even higher, for the best of the best to to hit new levels of results. It's it's scary, you know, like who who am I to to offer this type of thing? But I know that I have tremendous value to bring from an energetic standpoint, but also I I have this weird combination of like performance and spirituality, which is not a common thing at all. It's incredibly valuable too, because I understand the winning mindset, the discipline, the the work, like I love that part of things. And I also love the stuff that could be seen as woo-woo, but is absolutely practical. It's the high level stuff, but it's practical. So bridging the gap between like the super, it's, it's essentially I'm bridging the gap between the execution and the alignment. And that I think will prove to be an incredible valuable skill stack amongst other things that I'm setting up right now. But yeah, the website, getting her going. Um, I've shifted business models multiple times at this point, trying to simplify things even more, the better I get a simplification within this business, um, the better things, the better things go and the faster things move. I've noticed that I subconsciously try to make things more complex because that creates more distance between me and the sale. And I'm just, I have so much resistance to sales and I need to actually just set the entire program up for myself. I use it like when I need it everything, but I would love to just set it up a hundred percent. I think I haven't done it so far because maybe I'm just like subconsciously scared that it's not going to work as effective as I think it will, but I should probably test that out, you know? (laughs) 
and, and then use that as a, my own case study because if I if I haven't 100% sold myself yet which is there's a possibility that I subconsciously I mean probably a good chance that I haven't fully sold myself if I haven't executed and sold um, other people on this yet so I'm excited about this I'm nervous but we're getting there day by day I've taken a lot of time to get clear on who exactly I want to serve and it's definitely executives and entrepreneurs, those who are super committed to going to that next level. I've gotten clear on like what those pain points and benefits are to the best of my knowledge without um, truly doing like market research, but understanding, just like tapping into the potential to understand there if, if you catch my drift. And, uh, and also outlining the possible models like I had this download today where I was like Jesus Christ this might have disrupted my entire plans here so that was interesting so lots of good things also YouTube um, I find that it's becoming more linked with business than I actually originally had thought it's I'm now seeing like business quote-unquote success as YouTube and business or sorry like YouTube and Mox Energetics in the sense that I'm willing to monetize my YouTube and go the way of indirectly monetizing and possibly both because like I would, I could sponsor my videos by Moxie Energetics, um, but I could also sponsor my videos from like um, another company or do AdSense or affiliate links. And I just, I can just see the trajectory of where I'm at with content and I can see like how monetizable it is. Plus I can see that if I just do what I'm scared to do, which is call the people and pick up the phone and do what's required for actually selling people, which I've just, just been a bitch about, quite frankly. But once I'm willing to do that and consistently create content, I'm going to do some badass things on this planet. Plus, Mox Energetics just is going to start off as a service, but it's not going to be like that for long. Like, it's it's not... I'm setting it up in a way where it's going to be able to run without me and grow to crazy extents. And I'm, I'm just so excited about that. It's going to be just insane. And oh my God, like, dude, it's going to be so cool to have clients. Like I've had clients with the freelance, but to have clients with energy work and quantum healing and all that jazz, ah, uh, it's just a different animal knowing that you are helping them transform everything at a quantum level, everything that's going on with their soul, everything that's going on with their existence, not in this, not just in this lifetime, but in all lifetimes. And it is like, wow, some crazy stuff, man. Like it's, it's crazy. It sounds crazy. And it equally, it's like, it's crazy. The amount of impact that is really being had. I can't wait till we can truly like, a thousand percent measure this it's gonna be sick like black and white data let's go here's what the here's what the data says this stuff is as real as it gets because i know this but average joe does not fully comprehend this yet we'll get there someday and uh oh my god i forgot to talk about first principles i went on a tear for with friends first principles for a second there where most days I would start my day off. Oh my, and I also have morning rituals. I didn't talk about that as well. The, my morning rituals have just been completely simplified right down to its smallest form, which is 
a little bit of visualization, optional, journaling, optional, coffee, optional, and then I get started my day, plus a little bit of like side of hard stuff. But beyond that, it's so simple right now. I just want to get started on work and that's it. But first principles was one of my things for a while and it was time blocked first thing, experimented with that as well, have since let it go. So first principles, <laughs> I would sit there for like an hour and just get clear on what the fundamental truth was. I would introduce a, an opinion. I would introduce a situation and I would continue asking why, why is that? Why is that? And just keep asking and asking and asking. And I gathered so much data, especially for projecting where spirituality is headed within business and how they're going to collide. And, um, the crazy demand that will come someday from spirituality, specifically people who are able to work with spirituality. And it was like, oh my God, I can see that at some point there's not going to be enough practitioners, but then there's another point there's going to be too many. Um, yeah. And all this just came from continuously asking why over and over again. And eventually I understood some, truths that others just could not see first principle thinking is everything and i'm so glad i'm a first principle thinker and that i've stressed this skill enough to improve it over the past like eight years much of those years having no clue what the hell it was even called but just doing it anyways it's wicked i've also realized that what I need to succeed in business is definitely thriving spiritually, thriving creatively, and thriving in business and sales because they're all connected and they're the three I care about maximizing. And I feel like if I don't maximize those, I will have wasted my potential. Plus, I need them to kind of work together if I want content to work. And content is kind of creativity, but it's like, there's this weird flow that all three of them need to go in the same type of way and they all need to be working for the others to work, if that makes any sense. Kind of. Spirituality can work without the others, but I feel like business and content need to, and spirituality all need to work. I don't know if that's making any sense. Moving on. Since we last talked, I have also been officially willing to surrender my ego and learn from people who have done it. I was so resistant to learning from business books and going through business courses. And I just had this idea of doing it on my own. Like I, I'm really committed to, or I was really committed to making things happen without quote unquote going to school. Like almost, obviously I was still reading books and stuff like that, but like I would avoid business books after a tweet I saw from Naval, for example, where he's like, I never read a business book in my life. And I'm like, okay, Maybe that's like for the better because he's not getting the dogma type of thing. And there's definitely truth to that still. And I'm highly critical of when I'm going through something, but I've allowed myself to go through some stuff. So first and foremost, E-Myth Revisited. That was, I just went through that like two weeks ago. Insane. And such a good book about building businesses and system development. Love it. One of the biggest things I got from it was you don't exist to serve your business. Your business exists to serve you. What a flip. We think we need to be so trapped within our business and that we need to make the business serve. But 
the business is actually existing to serve us. That allows us to work on the business rather than in the business. It allows us to take that vacation if we need it and let it let others do the work type of thing. And just a, lots of good stuff in that book overall. Another book, Chet Holmes, The Ultimate Sales Machine. Wow. Sales Bible. I literally listen to this while I sleep sometimes because it's so good. Meaning my subconscious will start picking up the sales techniques described and that's that's everything because I, I need to get comfortable with sales in the same way that I've gotten comfortable with focus because for three months, all I've been listening to basically is simplicity and focus material. And when that becomes your environment, you become your environment. You are the average of your five best friends. You're also the average of the media you consume. In this case, audiobooks, books, um, social media stuff. I mean, I have no, no social media stuff right now. So it's just the audiobooks and the books. And I need to create that environment with sales to the point where it becomes, hey, this is normal. This is okay. This is my default. What you need, you almost like need permission to a degree, but to, to by osmosis, pull in the beliefs of these types of people and get the result that they're talking about. And hopefully the one that they have, um, and in, in this case, like Chet Holmes, when he was talking about like the dream 100, that's just like a game changing concept. And if you're in sales or looking to get better at sales, I highly recommend this. Like if I could listen to one sales book, even though I've only listened to a few, this would be the one so far. And it's, I think it's got like a 96% like rate on Google. That's insane. I've, I don't know if I know of any other book that has that. So badass, really, 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 really good book. And also kind of related, but the Matthew Vella course, like I was talking about earlier, actually learning from someone who is one of the, in my opinion, best YouTubers going right now. It's, it's awesome. I'm only like a small portion of the way through, but even so far, like listening to him talk about the three value points of, 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 uh, like a triangle of value within content, you've got the personality, the content value and the filmmaking chops. And you need to be extraordinary at at least two of those. And good good news, I have personality and filmmaking chops and my content value is what needs to improve. And I have the potential to do all three incredibly extraordinary. And it feels, it feels amazing. It feels crazy. It's like, how on, the, how on earth do I only have 100 subscribers right now? Bananas. This is going to be such a good story someday. But anyways, this the reason I even bring this up in the business section is it's just, it's all connected. It's all connected right now. So I'm still like questioning what I even want to do within entrepreneurship, but books like the E-Myth Revisited have definitely helped. Um, understanding that YouTube is going to be like a business the way I'm setting it up. And yeah, just so much is changing, man. I'm really excited for everything that's going on. And I'm glad that I'm making notes and truly integrating what I'm learning right now because I'm learning a lot. There's a lot going on in my brain in a great way. I'm also very motivated and inspired by other people right now in the sense of like, yes, it's their journey, but some people I'm like, hell yeah, like you should be winning. Other people I'm like, you shouldn't be winning. I should be winning. <laughs> That's actually not true. Like they should be winning, but I should be winning more. It's a kind of a dark motivation ego place. 
And when I say I should be winning more than another person, I more so mean I don't love the way they're doing things and I think I'd be doing them better or I'm more skilled or I'm more deserving. But it doesn't matter because it's not about deserving. It's about earning. Am I earning it with my actions currently? No. So it doesn't actually matter what the hell the ego says up here. On the light side where I'm like, you should be winning, definitely Zach Plot. Like, that guy is crushing it right now within his startup. I'm so happy for him. And plus, anytime he wins, I could potentially win a little bit as well. So that's good. But even if that wasn't the case, I love how he's kicking ass on sales and totally invalidating what I've done so far. It's a, like I told him this exact phrase and uh, it's it's inspiring. And to know that I'm only like 100 calls away from potentially having like thousands of dollars of income per month is it's awesome it's awesome could take thousands doesn't matter it's it's just possible that's and that's what i need need to know but still haven't begged to the phone so it doesn't matter and i will get there i will get there so just focus right now got some incentives coming up about potentially moving out so that could be that final push i need to get sales going and but I'd rather not do it like that. I'd rather just do it for the sake of rather than feel like I need something external because then I'm always going to need something external. But I shouldn't. I should just do it for the love of and for the actual dollar amount. But I don't know. I just struggle to be motivated by dollar amounts. So I'm trying to find what my internal fuel is like and just leverage whatever that is. But we will get there. We will get there in business at some point. No matter how long it takes, it's going to happen. I'm committed to making it happen. So it will happen. It's a long game. I'm not sprinting out here. I'm marathoning. And if you can't see that, look closer because this is everything I'm doing. It's a it's my game plan, it's my business model, it's my it's my life strategy really with everything I'm doing. It's not about today, it's about ten years down the line, it's about twenty years down the line, it's about thirty years, four years beyond, lifetimes beyond actually. But yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to do it big by going small, going one step at a time and making that small, bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. I've got this. You do too. Final things. I am so excited for the upcoming content. I'm so excited for the website. I have joshmoxie.com completely redesigned twice with simplicity in mind with minimalism in mind it looks so damn beautiful i cannot wait to show you um all of the podcasts all of the new focus content coming up the blogs that are coming on the website as well um notion life os i've rebuilt that two or three times since we've last talked from i think twice from the ground up because I've just like been so obsessed with minimalism and stuff like that. So it's, uh, I don't know when I'm going to publicly release it. I might end up making it a product. We'll see. Of course, also the energy work stuff when I just let myself do it and get out of my own way. I can't wait for that. And yeah, that's about it. Guys, I appreciate your patience with me today. I was a little bit rusty and I hope to be better next time, but I hope in the meantime, this was a productive hangout that brought you a ton of value. And if you did get a ton of value, I would hope that you would like below on that YouTube video if you're on YouTube. And if you're not, if you're listening on a podcast, if you could rate five stars on the rating system, it helps both of those 
grow my podcast and get it to more people who are looking for podcasts just like you. Related to that, if you have a friend who you think could get value from this episode or this podcast, share it with them. I would really appreciate it. I want to thank you again for taking the time to watch and listen. I hope this was incredibly valuable and I hope you focus on essentialism. I hope you simplify and let go of the complex. Zero in on what matters, detach from what doesn't. My name is Josh Moxie and I will catch you in the next episode.